This is Get More Done, a You Can Book Me podcast, and I'm Ben, your host. Thanks for listening. We hope that you're able to learn how to do more with less and help your team level up. On this episode, I had a chat with the amazing and multidimensional Tiffany Darwish. Tiffany is You Can Book Me's own customer education manager. During our conversation, we discussed the importance of frictionless onboarding and how she was able to support over 22,000 customers with a team of two. Enjoy. Welcome back to Get More Done, the podcast all about productivity and crushing of goals. Today, I'm sitting down with You Can Book Me's own Tiffany Darwish, the customer education manager. So Tiffany, great to see your face and uh, thanks for being on the podcast. This is a privilege, a little bit scary, but I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. A-okay. So to to break things up, as you hopefully have heard in some other episodes, um, I hope you've watched them and listened to them all. Uh, we usually start with an icebreaker question. So this one for you, what is the animal who is most similar to your personality? No one would be surprised, but I'm a house cat. <laughs> and why a house cat? I'm really easy to please. People don't believe that about cats, but I just need food and a good place to sleep and a belly rub and I'll be fine. <laughs> In that order, I guess. Yes. All right. <laughs> It's like, I thought you were going to go the other way and be like, I like to go in a little box in the corner and just hang out and not be bothered by anybody. But <laughs> That's also me. <laughs> yeah, some days, right? Awesome. So so tell us a little bit about your role as the customer education manager with You Can Book Me. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's a newly created role at the company. Um, I, I got a chance to kind of create my own role. And so I'm basically responsible for educating customers and helping them be successful using our tools. So the basis of that is our knowledge base, creating um, written content, and now more of an emphasis on video content as people love video. Um, And then hopefully next year, introducing some getting to know You Can Book Me webinars and just being more vocal and again, just helping people um, answer any questions that they, they need answered. Yeah, that sounds great. And and how have you found the transition from kind of working more in support, more reactive to now in this proactive, proactive role? You know, a little bit was strange just because when you're in a reactive role, it's just like the work just comes to you. And so the first couple of months adjustment for me was just, you know, turning on my computer like, now what do I do? But like, you know, learning to manage my time, manage projects, decide where the priority lies and being able to just like fully dive in and focus on that. That's been really fun. And I've been able to talk to customers too, like with some uh, one to many training sessions. And it's good because you get to see our tool in the eyes of the customer and it helps you see like, oh, like that could be a little bit better. Maybe there's some education that needs to be done around that, or maybe that's something the product team needs to know about. So I think that part has been really refreshing as opposed to like just responding to emails all day. Yeah, you can mold your day and be a bit more autonomous. So in, in that, have you built out any any processes that kind of help you manage that? Because I mean, there is so much for you to do. Have you built anything that kind of helps you helps you save some time with all of that? Yeah. So on Slack, we, we used to have a Slack channel where people would just like 
put in requests for things that should be in the knowledge base. Now those kind of come into me personally, but I do keep a Trello board and I've got that pinned to every browser I use. So I can like open that up and be like, okay, where am I? What was I working on? And it's really good when you like leave on Friday and come back on Monday, like what, what's my job? (laughs) So I think, um, yeah, like the Trello board is really helping me manage my, my time a lot better. Yeah, Trello boards for the win. As long as you're staying on top of it, right? Because then it's just all these cards and you're like, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> just keep moving things from doing to to-do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Then back to backlog and then to-do. No. Um, so speaking speaking of processes, you know, previously you were a part of the award-winning support team there for You Can Book Me. And for a while, it was a team of two, um, you and I working on that. So uh, can you speak a little bit about how, you know, you, you were able to do that with serving 20,000 customers with just a team of two people, how maybe you were leveraging automation and doing more with less and maybe some examples if you can remember that. Yeah, I was just thinking like that time was such a blur. I was looking in, in Help Scout, the tool we use, and we were receiving around 3,000 emails a month in just in 2020. And I think, you know, we didn't have a chat bot to automate. So we really had to be focused on what the customer was asking. And we really were able to pinpoint some more common issues. And so from there, we were able to build out like some snippets or save replies that helped us to respond to those common issues faster. Of course, we still personalized it. So they knew that there was a human behind it. But I think that really helped us to be able to more quickly identify issues and then have a more succinct response um, to the customer. Um, and then also we use that as an opportunity to be like, oh, if too many people are asking about this, maybe it needs to be like a frequently asked question or it needs to be some content in the knowledge base. So then I would start like producing those articles or making a video, a quick video to put that in the knowledge base. And then I was thinking another thing that was really useful was when Help Scout introduced messages And so we could get in front of users a little bit quicker and kind of like head off some some questions they might have. So we started like when users um, were just onboarding onto a trial account, like with a pop up and giving them a guide on how they could like set up their account. And um, what else? How else did we use it? I think before. uh, Well, even currently we're using it now, like it's right before the holidays and we've put up a message like, hey, like, this is how you get your account ready for the holidays. So like those kind of ways we are like, hopefully reducing the the burden on support by like being a little bit more proactive. Yeah, being that proactive to stop people from coming in. And yeah, I think it was a blur with you and I just heads down doing that <laughs> for, for so long. And now, you know, now we have that we'll speak to in a little bit, um, you know, just some some more support for support coming in. And I think the other component that we'll talk about later too is getting that information back to somebody in the in the tool to help improve the tool. Because if like you're getting all this feedback from customers, maybe there's an opportunity to make some changes, make some adjustments for sure. Yeah, for sure. So speaking on the support uh, again, you know, how have you seen support evolve over the last few years? Because we talked a bit about in you know messaging and chatbots and everything, and maybe look into your crystal ball or be an Oracle. Where do you see, see things going in the future? You know, I definitely see the way it's automation, but it needs to be automation with heart. Like no one wants to feel like they're talking to 
a machine. Like I've had, I think of myself as a customer. I'm not someone who contacts support right away. I want to self-serve. So I Google my question, whatever app or product I'm using, you know, or I'll go on forums. I'll do anything I can really to avoid contacting support. (laughs) But like, if I do have to contact support, you know, it's nice to know that like, there's a human behind it. And that I'm being dealt with as a person and not just like a customer or a number. So I do think automation is the way, but there definitely needs to be that heart or that human element behind it. And um, I think also self-service will continue to grow. You know, we users putting the content out there and making it accessible and easy to find for users um, that way anytime anyone's searching anything, they find exactly what they need. And I think like for now, I know one of the issues we're running into is like, we have certain features that are called something, but that's not what the user might call it. So maybe they're searching and they can't find the answer they need. So understanding like, is that a product issue? Is that an education issue? And working kind of taking that feedback from customers, like I searched your knowledge base and I couldn't find this when we thought it was pretty easy to find like that really just helps like continue to like iterate and improve the process. Totally. Those feedback loops are imperative because as you've experienced working in the knowledge base, if it's not a helpful article and no one's going to be, be finding value in that and then they're going to still reach out with their questions. Mm -hmm. I'm exactly like you too. I'll avoid reaching out to support just because like I can figure this out, you know, and like (laughs) try to do things myself, but making it easy to get in touch with people too. I think that's, that's also important yeah. um, with the messaging and, and everything there. Yeah. I think you have like sometimes these frustrating or like it's a friction, even though you've put in this automation to make it easier for your customer, it becomes like a friction. Like I got locked out of a, an account. I think it was zoom, but it was like, a, I, I lost my phone. I got a new phone and my two FA codes were lost. And I was just like in this endless loop with a, a bot telling me, just putting your 2FA code. And I'm like, I can't. (laughs) And it took like, I don't know, like seven tries just to get to somebody. So by then I was just, you know, exhausted. So like you said, making it easier to talk to somebody in those situations where they really do need to talk to someone. Yeah. How frustrating. Be like, I just, I just want to solve this. And that's everybody (laughs) running to support. Be like, I just need some help. So getting to that as quick as possible. Um, I think I think one thing that also helped us out too is, you know, the the speed at which we were able to get through things because it's like being with a product for so long, you know it inside and out, and it's like, oh, I know that you're experiencing this issue. Here's a saved reply that will get you most of the way there. But then to your point, making it a human connection, empathize, and you know, and, and work it out, mm-hmm. um, which is really great. And now we've taught other people how to do that. So. <laughs> that's good too, in your in your opinion, now you mentioned you're working more with with customers and them coming in and doing like trainings and, and more on the onboarding. So, in your opinion, what what makes a successful onboarding process for a customer? How would that look? You know, I just want it to be pain, painless and easy. Like, I think every customer wants to be successful in whatever they've committed to use, and so I think it's the product's responsibility to pave that way. Like, yeah, create an account, click here, you're done, you know? So I think for us, as we're focusing as a tool for teams, I really think like the onboarding process, sign up, invite your team, 
figure out the booking pages your team needs, connect their calendars, boom, start sharing. I really think like five step maximum should be for any any product. And I shouldn't have to go to the knowledge base to do a, a standard step in setting up something in my account. Right. And, and with that, um, how are you, and you talked a little bit earlier about like the feedback, how are you working with the product team there at You Can Book Me to make those changes into the app and get, get some uh, improvements set up? Yeah, so that's been an exciting part of my role that I really love. So um, I kind of am like the support now for the product team. So I go through the customer feedback that we're getting in um, the support queue, not just like complaints, but people just asking, how does this work? Or how can I accomplish this use case? And pinpointing those as, you know, basically points of friction that can be solved directly in the app. And so I'm kind of feeding in that feedback directly to the product team. Uh, I talk with the head of product, TJ, on Tuesdays. And then we have um, a UX deck call with our UX researcher. And we use that time really to talk about just common struggles that users have. They can't find a setting or there was an expectation on how something should work and how things could be like maybe like even quick wins on on things that can be resolved. For example, like we use Markdown for formatting on our booking pages. And for the longest time, even when I started, like when you clicked on a link, it opened in the same browser. And that's just not a great experience for the booker because they're, they've filled out a whole booking form of questions. And now I need to read your terms of booking and I click on it and I've lost all my work. So like surfacing that to the product team and just talking about how hard would that be to fix? We were able to get a fix in and we see no, no problems with that in, in the um, support queue now. So that's a great, a great result of being that like liaison between the two departments. That ca- that collaboration, I, I don't think can be understated because oftentimes product teams maybe are heads down working on features, working on functionality, and then them having the opportunity to pull you in and ask your questions and just say, hey, this is the friction that we're seeing and getting getting light to that, I think is very, very important yeah. and excited to see what's coming you know, further with that because as that gets tighter and that feedback gets more uh, represented. I think it'll be some awesome changes. Yeah, I know that. And I know that you know this too, but like the feedback we get is like a fire hose. So there's so many factors to consider, but, and of course we have our own vision of where the product is going, but we're not anything without our customers. So having that conduit of feedback directly from the customer's mouth is so important in informing future decisions. Yeah. And in Tuesdays with TJ sounds like a book or something. But, you know, <laughs> have some tea with tea, TJ. Tea now. with TJ. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about like the customer education piece, because you mentioned, you know, the frictionless onboarding is is the goal. So where do you think that customer education plays in the, the adoption of a new software tool? Yeah, like we, especially for more of our high touch accounts, we want them to be successful right away. And, you know, they've made this big decision, this company decision to use our tool. So we want them to see that value right away. So part of that is getting everyone who's going to be a day-to-day user trained. So that's kind of where that customer education comes in. Of course, 
we have the knowledge base where they can go and seek their answers, but we'd like to provide them with kind of like a step-by-step guide so they know exactly what they need to do so that everyone can be successful. So that's kind of where our focus is. It's not really like an onboarding role, but it's kind of like just here, here's the tools that you need. You don't have to go searching for anything. You know, if that you follow these steps, then everything is set up exactly. And of course, we're always happy to offer like additional training for, for um, our segmented customers so that they can, you know, like there's also times where people are new to the company, like it's an existing customer, but someone's taking over as kind of like that. You can book me advocate or admin in the company. So of course we want to get them trained and onboard and using the tool and continuing to be an advocate for us. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned earlier a little bit about some things that you're looking to try out with like the office hours or some sort of kind of webinars. So I think that could play a, a powerful role in, in educating more people because it's you're only one person, but if you could reach out to more people, right? Yeah. It makes it a little bit, little bit easier. I'd love to talk to everybody, but I don't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> Not that much, not that much time in the day, and not that many arms to to respond to all those questions. Right, <laughs> but yeah, I do think like part of you know we've been a tool we're ten years strong, and no one really knows who we are. So like we're getting a chance to develop our personality now, and like the face behind our tool. And I think that would be it's a really big differentiator, and people know like who, who you can book me is. Yeah. That, I mean, the difference between, you know, a family ran company and a, a, you know, a small group of remote dedicated people compared to maybe like a larger monolithic, you know, you're just a number, you're just part of the bottom line. Yeah, right? exactly. That human element again. Exactly. It all comes back to that person to person connection. Mm-hmm. And speaking, speaking of people and I guess partners on the support side, you know, you all have, have outsourced your support and you work with a, a partner there. So let's speak a little bit about that relationship and how that's changed things um, with uh, You Can Book Me. Yeah, I think it's just going to take us to the next level, you know, like working with Partner Hero. um, They've provided us like really quality humans (laughs) and they're so eager to learn and they're so eager to help people. And they have that like love of people and love of customer that is essential when you're working in a support role. And so I've just been really impressed and blown away by them because people might think our tool is simple because it's a scheduling tool, but there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of customization. And people come in sometimes asking like a use case, how do I set this up? Or sometimes it's troubleshooting. It gets into like the API and webhooks. And so there's a lot of like more technical pieces that have to be considered too. And the fact that they've been with us just six months so far and the quality of their answers and the speed, I'm just really impressed. And I'm excited for the future because I know it's going to open us up to more avenues of being where our our customers want to reach us, being more easy to reach. And so... I think the future is going to be really, really bright with with Partner Hero helming our support and and potentially expanding to to chat support and just more more avenues for that. That's really really exciting to to see. Yeah. So one one big question I had for you is what goes into creating and maintaining a good support knowledge base? Because <laughs> I know that that's your that's your baby, and it's now you know almost at four hundred pages, four hundred articles now. Yeah. The chubby Pretty toddler much. needs to go on a diet. Chubby, yeah, chubby <laughs> toddler, waddling through the world. No, uh, so so what what makes a good a good knowledge base? Oof, blood, sweat, and tears. 
(laughs) (laughs) No, you know, like not, I think you cannot be satisfied (laughs) to have a good knowledge base. You can't just rest on your laurels. Like things are always changing in our product um, features or even like just the look of it is changing. And so being on top of those product changes um, so that our our knowledge base is moving in the same direction that our app is. You never want to go to a, a knowledge base looking for support and you're like, well, my my account doesn't look anything like that. So I think it does require like, like that agility and just also like just the knowledge of the tool and how it works, like creating like those kind of more specific use case type articles that someone might find and be like, oh, okay, well, now I know you can book me works with a hybrid schedule. So let me just follow these steps and I can do that. So like knowing the ins and outs of the product and then just staying on top of Slack and Jira so that I'm like, okay, this change is about to go out. I can put that on my Trello board, be ready to like change the the article too. And how do you manage manage all of that? So, I mean, you have all of these alerts coming in. How do you structure your day to make sure you're not uh, missing anything? Um, well, as a calendar scheduling tool, I rely on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I block out time on my calendar. Like I know like my, um, because we work with a European team, I try to le- schedule out some time um, to actually talk to my team in the mornings. But then I have like, blocks of time in the afternoon that I can really do focused work. And I've discovered that really works for me. So like when uh, slacks come in, okay, add it to my, add it to my um, Trello board. And then in the afternoon, I'm like, okay, these are the five I'm working on today. Yeah. And when we're done with this call, maybe I'll help you get some automation set up to make it even easier. Oh. For you. Slack to Zapier to Trello and then, and then it will all break. And no, I'm just <laughs> kidding, be all yes, please you automate my life then. Yes. One, one section at a time. <laughs> uh, when, when you are doing this deep work, do you ever just bump to music? You, do you do music or anything? Um, I will. I'm not going to tell you that I'm just playing Adele all day, every day. Oh, that new album. <laughs> so good. But I do like I have um, actually there's some music from a Turkish TV show that I watch and it's very instrumental. And sometimes it makes you it just makes it's very emotional. But I will play that in like low in the background sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to keep keep your mind because I, I, I found that like if I have something like a podcast, I can't even listen to a podcast while I'm doing something else. Cause then I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Let me go look that up. And then it's like, no, no, like <laughs> you need to focus and do this thing. Exactly. <laughs> and that any, any other kind of productivity tips or hacks or anything that you, that you abide by that, that's really, really made a big impact for you. I have to say, um, at the suggestion or I don't know, recommendation of Danita, one of our colleagues, I've gotten a Pomodoro um, browser extension. And that has been like, first of all, 25 or 45 minutes goes by so fast when you turn off all your notifications. (laughs) But like, that is really helpful too. like, if you set a time, and you mute everything, and you just really have that time to focus, I feel really inspired. And I have a chance to be creative and really do some deep thinking or planning. And for me, like just turning off notifications has, and I think I heard that in Bridget's podcast, like mm-hmm, just turn it mm-hmm. off and nothing's on fire. It will be fine. 
It'll be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Now the Pomodoro uh, method, which maybe some people aren't familiar with, it's basically just kind of like time blocking and you're saying I'm doing this one task for a certain amount of time. And you say 20, 20 minutes to 45 minutes, that's like your sweet spot that's been working for you? Yeah, I can do, I'll do like a, um, this task, updating these docs is going to take me 45 minutes. I, I'll set the timer. Maybe it takes me longer. Maybe the timer goes off and I wasn't finished. Then I have a chance to set it again or like take a break stand up, walk around my house, which sometimes I forget to do. <laughs> but then like, you can also like, okay, I'm ready for like another 20 minute block or, and so like having that, that kind of time measurement, instead of just saying like, okay, today I'm going to work on that. And if you don't carve out the time, it will never come. Right. Yep. And then it just starts piling up and then you don't want to do any of it. <laughs> exactly. Chipping away and, and getting those time blocks. I'll have to check out that browser extension. I had I had one that like uh, somebody else recommended. I think Ethany recommended. It's like it alerts you when it's been an hour. Be like, stand up and stretch your legs. And I just kept muting it. Be like, no, I don't have time to stretch. I don't have time to stretch. But on on that on that kind of understanding, like you've been working remote for for a while now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what are some some tips for people maybe new to this remote work or getting a little bit getting a little bit tired of working remote if they you know were working in an office before. I do think like remote work is a way of life. Like it's not a, it's not a race. Um, I think it's really important to work with a company that trusts you to get the job done. And, you know, I've seen some companies out there who, you know, they put like keystrokes on their, (laughs) so you have to be constantly, and it's not like you wouldn't be that productive in an office. office there's natural breaks like someone comes into your office to talk or in your cubicle you go get coffee you go to the bathroom like these things happen so working at home isn't any different you should have like a dedicated workspace but like you have to make allowances you're human not a robot and I think like for me one of the most important things was creating an office space for myself like when I lived with my parents at home I worked in my bedroom. I had a, I had a desk, but it was like right next to my bed. And so the lines between like bedroom and office got very blurred. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so I think having a separate space where I can close the door, close down the computer, close the door and I've I'm off work now. And so that has helped me set a lot of better boundaries for for my work-life balance. Yeah, having that separate space to where you can shut things down and not have it bleed into the rest of rest of your life. And before this, we talked a little bit about um, you know how when you're working remote, people don't think that you're actually working and they want to interrupt you. So how do you how do you try to limit those types of interruptions? Yeah, like unlike earlier, I usually put on like do not disturb on my phone, especially like during meetings or. Um, like video calls so that I'm not distracted by outside things. And it's been years of training. I've been remote, I think for seven years. Um, and so training my, my parents that just because I'm home doesn't mean I'm not at work. <laughs> I'm still trying to get things done, but you're, you're stopping. Yeah. Sure. Any anything else that you want to talk about or you want to highlight? Any anything that you think our, our listeners would want to hear? Oh, that's all seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them work for you can book me. Hey yeah. team. Well, 
Yeah, actually, no, I don't think anybody listens to it internally. You know, like, it's been a crazy couple of years, you know, and I think we all just need to give ourselves a break. Like, I think for me, I feel like we have a really big expectation on ourselves. Like we said it on ourselves. It's nothing really external that like, I need to be producing at the same level that I was before the pandemic. And of course, we still want to be productive and finding ways like automations and efficiencies in our life can be really helpful with that. But also, I think we need to not be so hard on ourselves because it's been a really emotional time. Like I know people are really excited to be with family this year and now like a new variant's coming along and just like knocking us for a loop once again. <laughs> So, yeah, be kind to yourself. <laughs> exactly. And and be patient as well. Like that's the thing I'm starting to learn about this productivity world is that doing less even could be could be doing more and going slower to go faster and yeah. and all of that and you know, avoiding meetings too and not just saying, you know, oh, I'm booked solid, be like, well, you need time for yourself and taking care of yourself too is is important because that's the foundation of everything. Yeah. So it all kind of comes full circle and everybody needs to take their hand, put it over and give a nice pat on the back. We're all doing great. We're, we're all, all going to make it. We're all going to make it. <laughs> you know, like one of the things we did this year as a company was this like booking page for all of the team members where you could just book like a 15 minute chat just to say, hey, and because we haven't had a chance to meet together in person. And like at the beginning, I felt a little guilty. Like this is not a, this is not a call about <laughs> work. But actually, like, sometimes productivity is not about work, but like feeling comfortable in work and like knowing who you who you work with and who are your colleagues. So like we've hired a bunch of people this year and I realize because we haven't been in person, I haven't had a chance to like even say hi and, you know, you get busy on Slack and there's so many notifications. So being able to just like jump on a Zoom and say, hey, how are you? Like, tell me about where you live. What's your village like? What do you like to do for fun? Like all of those things have been so fun. Yeah, that that page, that anything but work page is really, really great. And it's a nice way to connect. I think we lose that in a remote environment. Because like you mentioned, in, in an office, there's spontaneous coffee visits or spontaneous lunch, spontaneous chat where in the in the remote side, you almost feel like you're barging in on somebody because they're focused and their head's down doing their thing. And you're like, I just want to talk and <laughs> hang out. But now you have the excuse to do that. And I don't know about your calls, but mine are never 15 minutes. So <laughs> no. I always bleed over because then it's like this and that. You don't want the call to end, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good sign that we're working with some great people. We really are. I can't wait till one day when we finally get back in one person. One day, yeah. It'll be great to see everybody. <laughs> so so the last question for you, how you talked a little bit about the, you know, the the trainings, new trainings you're going to be doing and the, the virtual stuff. What what what's next outside of that for you? Like what are you excited about? Um I'm excited just for the future of our product, you know, like for a tool that's been around 10 years, I feel like we're just getting started. Um I'm really excited for like the strengthening of this relationship between customer and product. Um working close more closely with the UX researcher and like really honing all of this feedback like taking it from a fire hose to a garden hose <laughs> and like letting that really inform like the future of our tool so that we're making a tool that we're proud of, but also like that our customers are proud of. So I'm really looking forward to 
20. I think it's going to be the year of product. Yes. 2022 would be an amazing year. 2021 was an amazing year. It's all going to be amazing. It's all good. (laughs) But I love, I love that, you know, that focus just on removing that friction and prioritizing that and making product improvements. I think it's going to be great. I'm excited for that too. Yeah. I'm a little biased, but yeah, I'm super excited. Awesome. Tiffany Darwish, it was a pleasure to speak with you and it wasn't too painful. I hope it wasn't painful at all. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for being on Get More Done. I hope you have a good rest of the month. Have good, have fun on your, your trip and uh, take care. Thank you. See ya. All right. Bye. We appreciate you listening to Get More Done. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and feel free to leave a review. Also, share this episode with anyone in your network that may benefit from the conversation. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest, please reach out to community at youcanbook.me. Visit getmoredone.youcanbook.me. Find us on Twitter at youcanbookme or the forum, forum forum.youcanbook.me. I'd love to hear your feedback. Catch you on the next episode.